Hello, Hopeful. I'm Roger Corville, and this is For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible. Here, we read through the scriptures conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in His world. Welcome. One of the things I've been thinking a lot about these days is what it takes for people to feel a sense of meaning and purpose and belongingness. And I'm convinced that it is, at least in part, by connecting our daily reality to ultimate reality, God's reality, and our ultimate future. So when it comes to the writings of John and today's reading of Third John, he's writing to this guy named Gaius. And we can't know for sure what Gaius's desires were. But John's message to Gaius is a good one that relates to us. If you want a reputation as a beloved leader, walk in God's truth, welcome God's servants, and warn God's people to acknowledge God's apostles. <laughs> and it's just that easy, right? Hey, Hopeful, welcome to today's slice of our journey through the Bible in a year time together, episode 2228. And uh, here we read through all of God's self-revelation and consider our own life stories in light of that. And as we're going to hear in this really short little book, Gaius learns how to be a full participant in ministry. And interestingly, it's not by quitting his job. It's one of my favorite little just ideas. So here's a very short little third, John. Here we go. The elder, to my dear friend Gaius, whom I love in the truth, dear friend, I pray that you are prospering in every way and are in good health, just as your whole life is going well. For I was very glad when fellow believers came and testified to your fidelity to the truth, how you are walking in truth. I have no greater joy than this, to hear that my children are walking in truth. Dear friend, you are acting faithfully in whatever you do for the brothers and sisters, especially when they are strangers. They have testified to your love before the church, and you will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God, since they set out for the sake of the name, capital N, since they set out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from pagans. Therefore, here we go, Therefore, we ought to support such people so that so that we can be co-workers with the truth. Now, I wrote something to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to have first place among them, does not receive our authority. And this is why, if I come, I will remind him of the works he is doing, slandering us with malicious words. And he is not satisfied with that. He not only refuses to welcome fellow believers, but he even stops those who want to do so and expels them from the church. Dear friend, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. The one who does good is of God, and the one who does evil has not seen God. Everyone speaks well of Demetrius, even the truth itself, and we also speak well of him. And you know that our testimony is true. I have many things to write to you, but I don't want to write to you with pen and ink. I hope to see you soon, and we will talk face to face. P. 
Peace to you. The friends send you greetings. Greet the friends by name. And that is the tiny little book of Third John, which is right before the last thing that John wrote, the book of Revelation. And we pick that up tomorrow, and that'll wrap up our seventh trip through the New Testament. But did you catch that? I trust you did, since I kind of pointed it out verbally. Uh, John tells Gaius that he is a full participant in the ministry, a co-worker, when he supports with money those who have the time. Does that make sense? Now, my friends, if you want a reputation as a beloved leader, if we're going to take away something from that, walk in God's truth, welcome God's servants, and warn God's people to acknowledge God's apostles. All right, turning to our Old Testament segment. Uh, The story of Samson kind of wraps up with two parts, and we're going to read them both today. (laughs) They both involve women, and despite a mostly sinful life that Samson leads, God intended to use Samson for his own purposes. Today we uh, wrap up a significant chunk of Judges, chapters 14 through 16. Here we go. Samson went down to Timnah, and he saw a young Philistine woman there. He went back and told his father and mother, I have seen a young Philistine woman in Timnah. Now get her for me as a wife. But his father and mother said to him, Can't you find a young woman among your relatives or any among your people? Must you go to the uncircumcised Philistines for a wife? But Samson told his father, Get her for me. She's the right one for me. Now, his father and mother didn't know that this was from the Lord, who wanted the Philistines to provide an opportunity for a confrontation. At that time, the Philistines were ruling Israel. Samson went down to Timnah with his father and mother and came to the vineyards of Timnah, and suddenly a young lion came roaring at him, and the Spirit, capital S, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully on him, And he tore the lion apart with his bare hands as he might have torn a young goat. But he didn't tell his father or mother what he had done. Then he went and spoke to the woman because she seemed right to Samson. After some time, when he returned to marry her, he left the road to see the lion's carcass. And there was a swarm of bees with honey in the carcass. He scooped some honey into his hands and ate it as as he went along. And when he came to his father and mother, he gave some uh, some of it to them, and they ate it. But he didn't tell them that he had scooped the honey from the lion's carcass. His father went to visit the woman, and Samson prepared a feast there, as young men were accustomed to do. When the Philistines saw him, they brought thirty men to accompany him, and Samson said to them, Let me tell you a riddle. If you can explain it to me during the seven days of the feast and figure it out, I'll give you 30 linen garments and 30 changes of clothes. But if you can't explain it to me, you must give me 30 linen garments and 30 changes of clothes. They replied, Yeah, tell us your riddle. Let's hear it. So he said to them, Out of the eater came something to eat, and out of the strong came something sweet. After three days, they were unable to explain the riddle. On the fourth day, they said to Samson's wife, 
Persuade your husband to explain the riddle to us, or we will burn you and your father's family to death. Did, did you invite us here just to rob us? So Samson's wife came to him, weeping, and said, You hate me and don't love me. You told my people the riddle, but you haven't explained it to me. Look, he said, I haven't even explained it to my father or mother, so why should I explain it to you? She wept the whole seven days. <laughs> Can you imagine the whining? She wept the whole seven days of the feast. And at last, on the seventh day, he explained it to her because she nagged him so much. And then she explained it to her people. And on the seventh day before sunset, the men of the city said to him, What is sweeter than honey? What is stronger than a lion? So he said to them, If you hadn't plowed with my young cow, you wouldn't know my riddle now. And the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully on him, and he went down to Ashkelon and killed thirty of their men. And he stripped them and gave their clothes to those who had explained the riddle. And in a rage, Samson returned to his father's house, and, and his wife was given to one of the men who had accompanied him. Later on, during the wheat harvest, Samson took a young goat as a gift and visited his wife. I want to go to my wife in her room, he said. But her father wouldn't let him enter. I was sure you hated her, her father said. So I gave her to one of the men who accompanied you. Isn't her younger sister more beautiful than she? Why not take her instead? Samson said to them, This time I will be blameless when I harm the Philistines. So he went out and caught three hundred foxes. He took torches, turned the foxes tail to tail, and put a torch between each pair of tails. And then he ignited the torches and released the foxes into the standing grain of the Philistines. And he burned the piles of grain and the standing grain, as well as the vineyards and the olive groves. And then the Philistines asked, Who did this? And they were told, It was Samson, the Timnite's son-in-law because he took Samson's wife and gave her to his companion. So the Philistines went to her and her father and burned them to death. And then Samson told them, Because you did this, I swear I won't rest until I have taken vengeance on you. And he tore them limb from limb, and then went down and stayed in the cave at the rock of Edom. The Philistines went up, camped in Judah, and raided Lehi. So the men of Judah said, Why have you attacked us? And they replied, We have come to tie Samson up and pay him back for what he did to us. And then three thousand men of Judah went to the cave at the rock of Edom, and they asked Samson, Don't you realize that the Philistines rule us? What have you done to us? I have done to them what they did to me, Samson answered. And they said to him, We've come to tie you up and hand you over to the Philistines. And then Samson told them, Swear to me that you yourselves won't kill me. No, they said, we won't kill you, but we will tie you up securely and hand you over to them. So they tied him up with two new ropes and led him away from the rock. When he came to Lehi, the Philistines came to meet him, shouting, and the Spirit of the Lord, capital S, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully on him, and the ropes that were on his arms and wrists became like burnt flax. 
and fell off. He found a fresh jawbone of a donkey, reached out his hand, took it, and killed a thousand men with it. And then Samson said, With the jawbone of a donkey I have piled them in heaps. With the jawbone of a donkey I have killed a thousand men. And when he was finished speaking, he threw away the jawbone and named that place Jawbone Hill. And he became very thirsty, called out to the Lord, saying, You have accomplished this great victory through your servant. Must I die now of thirst and fall into the hands of the uncircumcised? So God split a hollow place in the ground at Lehi, and water came out of it. And after Samson drank, his strength returned, and he revived. And that is why he named it Hakore Spring, which is still in Lehi today. And he, Samson, judged Israel twenty years in the days of the Philistines. All right, my friends, that's part one. Here comes part two. Samson went to Gaza where he saw a prostitute and went to bed with her. And when the Gazites heard that Samson was there, they surrounded the place and waited in ambush for him all that night at the city gate. And they kept quiet all night, saying, Let's wait until dawn, and then we will kill him. But Samson stayed in bed only until midnight, and then he got up, took hold of the doors of the city gate, along with the two gateposts, and pulled them out, bar and all. And he put them on his shoulders and took them to the top of the mountain overlooking Hebron. Sometime later, he fell in love with a woman named Delilah, who lived in the Sorek Valley. And the Philistine leaders went to her and said, Persuade him to tell you where his great strength comes from, so, so we can overpower him, tie him up, and, and make him helpless. Each of us will then give you eleven hundred silver pieces. So Delilah said to Samson, Please tell me, where does your great strength come from? How could someone tie you up and make you helpless? And Samson told her, If they tie me up with seven fresh bowstrings that have not been dried, I will become weak and be like any other man. Now the Philistine leaders brought her seven fresh bowstrings that had not been dried, and she tied him up with them. And while the men in ambush were waiting in her room, she called out to him, Samson, the Philistines are here. But he snapped the bowstrings as a strand of yarn snaps when it touches fire. And the secret of his strength remained unknown. And then Delilah said to Samson, you, you have mocked me and told me lies. Won't you please tell me how you can be tied up? And he told her, if they tie me up with new ropes that have never been used, I will become weak like any other man. Delilah took new ropes, tied him up with them, and shouted, Samson, the Philistines are here. But while the men in ambush were waiting in her room, he snapped the ropes off his arms like thread. And then Delilah said to Samson, you, you have mocked me all along and told me lies. Tell me, tell me how you can be tied up. And he told her, If you weave the seven, seven braids on my head into the fabric on a loom, and she fastened the braids with a pin and called to him, Samson, the Philistines are here, and he awoke from his sleep and pulled out the pin with the loom and the web. And she told him, How can you say, I love you, when your heart is not with me? This is the third time you have mocked me and not told me what makes your strength so great. 
And because she nagged him day after day and pleaded with him until she wore him out, he told her the whole truth and said to her, My hair has never been cut because I'm a Nazarite to God by from birth. If I am shaved, my strength will leave me and I will become weak and be like any other man. Now when Delilah realized that he had told her the whole truth, she sent this message to the Philistine leaders, Come one more time, for he has told me the whole truth. And the Philistine leaders came to her and brought the silver with them. And then she let him fall asleep on her lap and called a man to shave off the seven braids on his head. And in this way, she made him helpless and his strength left him. And then she cried, Samson, the Philistines are here. And when he awoke from his sleep, he said, I will escape as I did before and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. The Philistines seized Samson and gouged out his eyes. They brought him down to Gaza and bound him with bronze shackles, and he was forced to grind grain in the prison. But his hair began to grow back after it had been shaved. Now the Philistine leaders gathered together to offer great sacrifice to their god, Dagon. They rejoiced and said, Our god has handed over our enemy Samson to us. And when the people saw him, they praised their God and said, Our God has handed over to us our enemy who destroyed our land and multiplied our dead. When they were in good spirits, they said, oh, Bring Samson here to entertain us. So they brought Samson from prison, and he entertained them. They had him stand between the pillars. Now Samson said to the young man who was leading him by the hand, Lead me where I can feel the pillars supporting the temple, so I can lean against them. The temple was full of men and women. All the leaders of the Philistines were there, and about 3,000 men and women were on the roof, watching Samson entertain them. And he called out to the Lord, Lord God, please remember me. Strengthen me, God, just once more. With one act of vengeance, let me pay back the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two pillars supporting the temple and leaned against them, and on one on his right hand and the other on his left. And Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. He pushed with all his might, and the temple fell on the leaders and all of the people in it. And those he killed at his death were more than those he had killed in his life. And then his brothers and his father's whole family came down, carried him back, buried him between Zorah and Eshtaol in the tomb of his father Manoah. So he judged Israel 20 years. How's that for uh, some crazy, huh? And thus ends, as the ESV Bible puts it, the downward spiral of Israel, and tomorrow we enter the utter depths of Israel's apostasy. Interestingly, um, the remainder of the book of Judges kind of closes out with two sections, each of which uh, have this sentiment. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. So my, my friends, compare and contrast that with our theme from 3 John today. Right? If you want a reputation... 
as a beloved leader, walk in God's truth, welcome God's servants, and warn God's people to acknowledge God's apostles. So, uh, one little bit of context, and this transitions us to our wisdom segment today. It was the duty of an ancient king to be the protector and advocate of the helpless, right? But many failed in this and instead became oppressors. And um, I don't immediately have in front of me who, who penned Psalm 146. And another part of what you're going to hear in the rest of the book of Judges is at that time there was no king in Israel, right? So not only was there corruption, everyone just did their own thing, right? But if we remember, God cares. And I guess a question that we might ask as we listen to this one psalm is how many ways could you come up with for why we should praise and trust and exalt and hope in the Lord. We're going to go just a smidge long today. Psalm 146. Hallelujah. My soul, praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing to my God as long as I live. Do not trust in nobles, in a son of man who cannot save. When his breath leaves him, he returns to the ground and on that day his plans die. Happy is the one whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. And he remains faithful forever, executing justice for the exploited and giving food to the hungry. The Lord frees prisoners. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord raises up those who are oppressed. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord protects resident aliens and helps the fatherless and the widow, but he frustrates the ways of the wicked. The Lord reigns forever. Zion, your God reigns for all generations. Hallelujah. And I will just say, yeah, hallelujah. That's Psalm 146. My friends, God's faithful character and righteous conduct are eternal reasons for praising and trusting and hoping in him. And um, my friends, if we walk in God's truth, welcome God's servants, warn God's people to acknowledge God's apostles, I think we will uh, find ourselves in good company with Gaius in heaven someday. I love you, my friends. Amen. Amen.